Namaste, my dudes. Welcome back to the Mindful Monologue. This is episode three, An Emotional Roller Coaster. Uh, this is where we start to dive into the other forms of health and wellness. Um, today's being emotional, as promised. Um, now, this is a little bit different to mental health, in quotation marks, um, that you can't see. Um, mental health sort of is is the blanket term or umbrella term for what mindset consolidates into. So emotional, social health, intellectual, that all pushes into that realm of mental health. But we can split it up. So today we're going to talk about emotional wellness. So emotional wellness is summarised as having the ability to deal with the everyday. Um, and it's, it's basically how your emotions interact with the world or how you interact with the world emotionally. Um, and it, it also dips a toe into self-esteem and confidence and efficacy and, and everything around that. The thing about emotional wellness is that it's so intricate and so complex that I could sit here for hours and talk about all the tiny, tiny, intricate little components, but I don't have that long, and I honestly can't be bothered. Um, so we're going to summarise today, and like I said, we're going to do deep dives into these tiny little factors as we go along. So like with physical health, I said you've got to treat each of the separate ones like a pet or something you need to look after. Now I see emotional wellness as a parrot, a pet parrot, okay? So it doesn't take much time to look after. You don't exactly have to walk your parrot, but it does take some effort on your part. You have to make the effort to clean out the cage, to give it nutrients, food and water. Um, and, and if you don't make it content enough, it starts making a lot of noise, it says things that it probably shouldn't, and it can really be a massive pain in the ass. Also, if you don't look after it, it smells a bit, it gets on your nerves, things like that. Same with emotional health. If you don't take the time to put the effort in, let's not talk about time, let's talk about effort. If you don't put the effort in, your brain will start saying shit to you that you don't want to hear, and this is where we start getting into the, the realm of of negative mental health. If you don't take that effort to look after your emotional health, it will catch you up. Just like if you don't take the, the time to eat well and exercise, your body will feel like crap. Same idea, okay? So it's about putting the effort in the same as you would physical health. Now, 
emotional wellness has so many intricate components, like I said before. Um, so I'm going to try and summarise as many as I can. One that a lot of people will have heard of before is uh, the theory of emotional intelligence. Now, this is said to be one of them future employer spotlighted attributes or some bullshit. Um, at the end of the day, it's a psychological theory. Some psychologists believe in emotional intelligence, others do not. Now, emotional intelligence has five components. One being self-awareness, so you are aware of the emotions that you have. This is where a lot of people go wrong. Because there are thousands of emotions, contrary to what people believe. But we don't have that many words in our language. Okay? So, emotional awareness is often difficult. Because we don't know or are, we can't consciously articulate what we feel like. Anyway. Next is self-regulation. And that's just about not falling victim to the emotions that you have. Not falling victim to the impulses that you have. Um, next is this idea of willpower. And it's about not being externally motivated by anything so you're not driven by money or fame you're driven by your internal passions you understand that your emotions are a use of energy um, so like if you're sad you are then motivated to do something about that um, negative emotion and try and turn it into a positive one um, after motivation is or, or willpower is empathy. Now this is a massive one. Empathy is where we delve into the realm of everything else basically. So communication, um, self-love, loving others, um, arguments, making new connections, all of it comes from an empathetic standpoint and it's being able to step into someone else's shoes. So something we're going to talk about in the next episode is communication. Now this is the decade of communication, wherever you look, if you if you go on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, everyone always talks about communication and it's not that people aren't trying to communicate is that they're not communicate, communicating effectively. They're not using empathy. We're in an argumentative state. Anyway, we'll cover that next episode. Empathy. Stepping into someone else's shoes. Um, now, empathy is big in like autism um, because a lot of autistics don't show empathy or show lack of. So, it, anyway, another topic. Um, it's also the the key contributor to psychopathy and being a sociopath, the not having that empathy. Anyway, finally, that final component of emotional intelligence is social skills, and it's just being able to, you know, talk to people. I thought that was pretty straightforward. Going a little bit further than that, um, 
is emotional maturity. Now, intelligence and maturity kind of coexist independently. Um, they're a bit like mutually exclusive. I see emotional maturity causing emotional intelligence or the growth of emotional intelligence. So emotional maturity is almost the awareness of emotion and then the action upon that awareness. So say someone was an addict, the awareness that you're, you've got that behaviour and then taking the action to do something about it is is where that maturity comes from because say you're in a relationship and your partner does something wrong they can all day long say sorry and they understand that they've done that but unless they take the necessary steps to change that isn't maturity that's just awareness okay so it's awareness and action um Along with that is this idea of reality. So you're, you understand the world that you live in, the environment that you're in, um, and you can change that reality in specific ways. Um, also in this realm of maturity is how you react to feedback. And again... This is dependent on empathy of the other person. Okay, so if your boss comes and screams at you for doing something wrong, that isn't empathetic, and you would probably take that feedback in a negative way. But if a, a teacher or a mentor come up to you and said, look, you did this, this is how I felt, this is how I would like to change this. Can you see this happening or have you got an idea of your own? That changes the feedback that, that you've been given so you can react to it better. However, some people can react to the boss screaming better than others. They can just take it on the chin, say they won't do it again, carry on. Anyway, that's feedback. And finally is this idea of independence. Um, and it isn't about being able to wash your own clothes or cook something other than beans on toast. It's emotional independence. So the way I can relate it is we would have all heard the phrase don't listen to what other people think of you. And I think it's bullshit that that sentiment um we are social creatures if we we spend our whole life gathering guests for our funeral okay if other people's opinions didn't matter we would be very lonely and probably die very early it's not that people's opinions of us don't matter is that people haven't had the opportunity to develop an opinion of themselves. So they have to rely on the opinion of others 
which commonly they would be focusing on that negative opinion. So then they can only see themselves in the light of others. Um, and this is what this independence comes from. So it's taking the time to form an opinion of, of, of yourself so that you don't have to rely on the opinion of anyone else. Now, this isn't to say you can ignore other people's opinions of you, because you could be doing something wrong, and if someone calls you out on your shit, this is where this feedback and um, action of emotional maturity comes into play. Um, but it's, it's not listening to often the derogatory and menial shit that people say um, and it also plays into codependence in relationships but that's something else we'll talk about in a later episode now something else I want to briefly touch on is this idea of catharsis or expression so I heard an analogy once, it was about a woman who had filled a glass up and then she holds it at arm's length out in front of her, okay? Now she can hold that glass for a little while, but after a time the arm will ache and eventually she'll, she'll drop the glass. Um, and she played it to this idea of expressing your feelings or catharsis. Um, now, like I said before, there are thousands of feelings and not enough ways to articulate it, so expression can often be hard. Um, and this is sometimes why people cry for seemingly no reason, because they can't express or articulate the emotion they're feeling, but they need to get it out in some way. Um, and we link it back to emotional maturity, and this awareness of emotion, but being able to express it in a positive way. Um, and it, this can go right back to childhood, because, uh, like, take the example of anger, okay? So anger at a childhood level, the expression of anger, is often demonised. So you can't shout, you can't scream, you can't punch your pillow or, or do something like that. So later in life, people repress anger and it comes out as upset. So when people are angry, instead of expressing it as as the emotion comes out, they cry um, to an excessive level. And that's how that works. Um, or take the example of crying itself. For some people... Crying is extremely cathartic. Women in, in <laughs> women in spotlight of this, girls who cry a lot, um, and they compare it to like men who don't cry. Now, if you look back far enough, it was probably because crying was demonised in that household. So it's not that crying wouldn't be good for them, because in the short term, crying probably is good, but. Because they've got into this negative loop in their head that when they cry they're going to get told off, once they've cried, this guilt loop comes back. So they feel great for a, for a little while and then they feel like crap 
because they've been taught that crying is bad, so on and so forth. This goes way back and then starts to talk about this idea of inner child and regression work. And that's a massive topic again, but it's about expression and, and we're linking it in. These podcasts are confusing, I know, but I'm trying. And I guess we can end on this idea of reality. Um, and this plays a lot into emotion. And it's... There, there's a few phrases. So, your language is your reality... Um, and this is the idea of how you talk, not only to others, but to yourself, changes the way you see the world. So like the opener for this podcast, Namaste, that is a Sanskrit word meaning the divine in me bows to the divine in you. Now it's a little bit different to hiya. So saying just hello is great, but changing that language to something more semantic, more meaningful, can change the way you see that world. Um, now this plays into a massive part in, there's, there's big TED Talks on this, about how different cultures and languages change the way the people who use the languages see the world. So start talking to yourself like you'd talk to your best friend, um, so on and so forth. Language is reality. Now this idea of reality goes further into like positive psychology and stoicism. Um, and again, these are the topics for another day. So I guess what I really wanted to summarise in this emotional episode is the idea of EQ, emotional quotient or emotional intelligence, maturity... Um, expression and catharsis and then this this idea of reality and emotional or emotion um, at the end of the day it's about how you can emotionally deal with the world around you um, and being aware of the emotions you have having the ability to act upon them not fall victim to them um, and then changing your view of the world so that your emotions in turn change into a more positive source um, is going to be the key way to increase emotional well-being um, or emotional health. Now I have gone a lot of back and forth. It's a bit like, I, I see this podcast a bit like a stand-up comedy show. Um, if if the comedian uses observational comedy, he will trail off on different tangents. Um, now, it's great for a comedy show, but for a podcast, it can get confusing. Um, but I guess this is a show or projection of what goes on in my head when I talk, um, which is why I don't use long sentences or talk a lot because I do go off on tangents. Anyway, this concludes episode three. Um, episode four is going to be about social health, and we have talked about that a lot today, 
But the thing about emotional health is it plays into all of the others. So if you're motivated or your head is in a good space, you're more likely to perform positive behaviours like exercise and eat well. If you're emotionally mature and intelligent, you're more likely to have greater social health or social wellness because your relationships are going to be stronger. You're going to respect yourself more, use your own boundaries, uh, know where your boundaries are, so your relationships are going to be healthier, so your social health is going to be better. Um, using positive behaviours as a result of strong emotional wellness will play into occupational health, being able to deal with the stress of work and finances. Going further to intellectual, and these positive behaviours will play into you wanting to learn new things and experience new ways of life and culture and so on and so forth. And that goes all the way up to spiritual health with this sort of summed or overall contentness or happiness will play a massive part from this emotional health. Um, so there, there are a lot of tangents to go off and that's why, because it is very linked. But I wanted to summarise the best I could. So you know what the next episode's about. I hope you enjoyed guys. Lots of love. Stay well.